Welcome hey. to the Solution Podcast. It's a real estate podcast. But time to put the consumer first in real estate. Today we come to you with a special guest, another special guest out of the San Diego area. It's C-Bot. because we're going to San Diego. We're trying to warm up the San Diego crowd with some friendly faces like Mr. Daniel Beer. Welcome to the party, sir. Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast hosted by Jeff Seabot and Phil Sexton. It's time to put the consumer first in real estate. Our podcast offers state-of-the-art internet tactics and lead conversion methods. We teach you how to become a better realtor and a more valued resource that your sphere will want to use. How are you? Well, first I want to know who, this, who the first person in San Diego is you went to. Who, who got the call before I did? No, oh, no, no, you got the you, invite first, but the Kyle Whistle showed up on the show before his availability or something. No, yes. That's all. That's yeah, all. Yeah, availability. Yeah. It was the holiday season and it was tough to get guests on. So, um, yeah. But so I think my first his exposure, invite was first, though. Yeah, he just didn't yeah, respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were responding to customers ahead of us, and we don't blame you, consumer first. Okay. Yeah, good. So my first introduction to you was when you came to town and did a mastermind. You led a mastermind group that I got to be a part of and and learn kind of a little bit more about your business, about how you structure your team. And that was yeah, my first exposure to to like how impressive you run your business in this re- residential real estate world. You gave us valuable tips that we added almost immediately after hearing you speak because not only were you an active pr- practitioner, because I'm tired of people in the industry that um, never sold real estate or, or aren't operating, you know, in today's environment, like currently still going on listings like you, not that you're doing it every day out the listings, but it's not like you, you know, you've been inside yeah, listings. Yeah, I'm right here in the room. Right. This is, okay. this is right. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't just come in to be a coach, for example. You came in and actually got your hands dirty and we're in the trenches. What, so. we're, what we're trying to do in the industry is we're trying to, to not be like Congress, where people that are running the telling people how to run their business, but haven't run a business in 50 years um, versus the actual practitioners is where we're at. So we're glad to have you because you give great insight. And don't be like, don't be like Congress. Don't be like Congress. Congress. There's a hashtag Hashtag. somewhere. (laughs) So we also broadcast this live on Facebook. So if you're in the solution Facebook group and you're watching this, feel free to post your comments and we'll read them to Daniel as we go. But about 90% of our listeners come after the fact. And so uh, there may be some additional comments after the, the video is up. But if you have live comments for Daniel, post them in the in the thread below. But I want to say by active practitioners, we're not talking about just the average realtor here. We wouldn't we don't interview average realtors. Do you think that he sold over or under uh, 300 units last year? I'm going to go with over over by yes. three. Yes. 303 units last year for Two hundred and fifteen million dollars. Now you can applaud. Now oh, two hundred fifteen million. Yeah. Well Fucking done, rock sir. Star. Yes. Sorry if you haven't muted your phone yet when I throw f bombs, but uh, yeah, they, that might not be the only one. So thank you for joining us, Daniel. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. So, I'm all yours. Anything I can tell you? I'll be an open book. So we want to get in. We we've got a few questions just to kind of more about like who you are as an agent, as a coach, as a team leader, how you take agents from doing 10 deals to 30 deals, like any any nuggets wrapped around there. When you have an agent that comes to you and says, Mr. Beer, I need your help. 
how how does that doctor's visit look like? What do you do to help them get from where they are to where they want to be? Can, can I frame it with this though? Is it usually an agent that's done less than 12 deals? Or is it usually an agent that you do go after ones that have been in the business a year or two and have struggled a little bit and then you help them? But to answer yeah. his question, tell us what that looks like. Good question. Well, first of all, it starts with the interview, right? They, from the time that we're interviewing and getting to know them, um, we'll go through a process of really understanding what's their motivation, where do they see their life five years down the road in in, in four very specific buckets, one, one being financially, one being in their career, and two others that they'll choose. And when we understand where they want to be five years down the line, the first thing is, can we even get them together? Right. And so there are there are times when you'll see what somebody's vision is of their future. And it's actually so small that it makes you question whether they're going to be the right fit for the environment we have. And there's other times when it's, hey, five years from now, I want to be making two million bucks a year and I want to own you know, Net, right? properties and I want to do all, you know, all these things that might be great. I just can't guarantee they'll be able to do that. Because since I don't net two million bucks a year yet, how I don't know that, that I can guarantee they will. So you gotta be getting pretty close though. <laughs> <laughs> I wish um yeah, that's a whole conversation on what's you know commission pressure and what goes on and you guys face it, but I'll sure. tell you we had a six percent market like yours, even though I know yours is you're a six percent market, and then at the same time, you have this one percent pressure or zero. Per, you know, you have. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's called the shift. Well, we yeah, we don't talk too much about commissions on this show. Just we don't talk about commissions the, at all. Yes, yeah. yes. I don't know what our market is. We don't want to. We actually say what our market. We're is. in our real estate office, and our broker can hear us through the wall. <laughs> she so usually we, bangs we, on the wall. <laughs> and, I don't know what my market is. Um, or that in my market isn't anything. I just wish it were a six percent market, right? Yes, okay, there you go. Awesome. Okay. But, um, and so, yeah, well, I think we we've yeah, done okay. a lot with agents that are brand new, and and I got I have to say something that really makes you feel good is when you have that agent that's showing up. They've had a year of struggling. They've had six months, hasn't sold a home. Suddenly, when they get to the point where where they are selling two a month, three a month, four a month. That really changes somebody's life, and, and it's, it's, it's one of the most gratifying things that you can do as a human being, right? It's, it's literally their life where they're making two, three, maybe four X what they've made in their best year previously, um, sometimes in a different industry. Um, and so that is something that also, when you really start to get to the point where or when we started getting to the point where it wasn't just the one person that had done that but it's you know you could point to this person that person the other person that person who've all done that and completely grown within the organization it also gives you a lot of confidence on what you can do to continue investing in them which creates a great environment for a team because as the business owner getting the getting the feedback that what that the investments were making work and that there's that they're that they're profitable investments, not just to the business, but to them, their life. It makes you that much more likely to reinvest further, which just makes the team that much stronger. But personally, really, and it's not just the right thing to say, it is you probably know this. Like that is an amazing source of just satisfaction of, of, of happiness. Well, I mean, to me, we use it as marketing to bring more people in, but it, it's it tell it makes bringing 
or coming to work every day so much easier and makes it seem less like work is what I think because of that. When you get that kind of gratification, when you help people, I think it's the, we, we all want to get there and it, but it is very satisfying. I was just with a group of agents this morning that one of them is your coaching client, Seabach, and she was telling me how thankful she is. And that's what it's about. I mean, that helps fuel the fire, right? And I know it happens in your business, Daniel, where you get these, these agents that, that I know, say the I, best I, thing about joining your team is, or the best thing that they've done to their career is joining your team. And that, that's fuel. But what I think is so impactful about Daniel is that his team is not like traditional teams. I mean, to me, I think we're going to have to talk about his in San Diego team, but he impacts agents all over the country, right? Like I think you have you, because you guys provide a training platform inside EXP that is helping agents totally expand their business beyond what they're, you know, I mean, tell us about that. Well, there's basically two revenue models in our business. One is a traditional real estate sales business. What I'll say about that, that's unique. And if you're thinking about growing a team someday, or maybe more importantly, if you actually are thinking about joining a team, are you joining a team where you compete against the team owner? Or are you joining a team where the team owner acts like the owner, distributing all opportunity to the team? So I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, only sell the million dollar ones or, Hey, you know, the, our agents do, you know, if a great one comes through, then it's mine. I am never, all of the opportunity that belongs to the team. There are times I will go on an appointment with an agent. Maybe we get a key listing on in an area, you know, that's maybe higher than our typical price point, or maybe it's a key listing in our farm and I'm going to go, but I will always go with one of our agents and pay them as if I wasn't there at all, right? Because do you I'm, wear a suit? Do I wear a suit? Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Often. You do? Often. Often. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, plus, I live very close by. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I wear a polo. I don't have to wear a suit and still win. Most people at the office are wondering what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> it's a podcast. You Sorry, can- I just—it was just a random. It was a random question, but That's since I had, one. are you competing? Number one, seriously, are you going to compete against the team owner? Because here's something that blows me away: is how many times you'll see somebody that's joining a team, yet the team has say three agents on it plus the team owner, and the whole team does like forty home sales a year. Well, right. how does that add, like how does how, you know how does that math work? It doesn't. It doesn't work at all. Right. Now, where's the room to succeed? Correct. There you're on you're somewhere where the team owner has to do all the sales, has to keep all of the sales, and then you can hopefully, you know, catch a crumb or two along the way. So that's number one. For a core business, it's I don't compete with our agents. 100% of our investment is for them. That's the beer home team here selling houses in San Diego County. Number two is what you what you what you briefly touched on is I have a coaching model, just like many people do. Our coaching model, though, instead of charging coaching fees, our coaching model, it's not just me coaching, but it's a slew of, gosh, I'd say at least a, roughly a dozen or more, um, call it $80 million a year plus producers, several, I could think of just off the top of my head, four or $5 million, $100 million producers, um, two or three, $200 million, three. $200 million producers. And anyhow, we've all together created a coaching model where we 
spill into these agents on a weekly basis with a live training, on a daily basis within our private group, and on a live basis as well with four quarterly masterminds we get together for. Plus, of course, we all have each other's cell phones. They have mine. They can text me. They have questions. And so it's a coaching model that instead of collecting fees, we collect fees out of very small and I mean very small, something like, you know, sometimes it's one per one and a half percent, two percent, half a percent, three and a half percent. And then, you know, there's various ways in which you land in each bucket, but that's it. Referral fee. That's also capped. So a referral fee at those tiny little numbers, two percent or so capped at a certain amount. And they're all over the country. We have 511 partners in that network. Yeah. Wow. That, that just seemed, I mean, when you first told me, I was my gut instinct was that seems very valuable, right? Because of the, I just think it's so hard because we go in these masterminds and in inside our own marketplace, and the information that's shared is a bunch of boonswoggle. I don't know, like fluff, fluff. Yes, right. Where you know when you're when you're sharing outside of area. Um, or inside a team model where you're sharing in the the revenue that you're willing to share the goods. Yeah, when you're in financial alignment with somebody, it's whether right or wrong, but it's just human. Then you're very differently invested in them than when you're just sharing. And here's the truth: I learned that I learned that in you know my, the previous company I was at. I was in the highest level mastermind there with the founder of the company, and we'd we'd fly into Austin. Uh, you know, two, three times a year. And it was wonderful because when I, when I was able to learn from, from him, from the leader, what I found though in the mastermind agent to agent is that because the agents understood that they're actually competing against one another, because the agents understood that they're actually all expanding into each other's marketplaces, what you got was fairly high level sharing when it came to mindset. Right. But when it came to do this, do that, then that, then that, and you'll get a listing there. And I'm not exaggerating here. There was virtually zero, maybe one shred of a percent, right, on, on that kind of data. So totally true. I, I agree 100%. Money involved. Well, that to me, because it's, it's funny, because what I learned in real estate is that it's often do this, then this, then this, then this that wins. And that if you do two of the steps out of order or something like for some reason it doesn't work like, and you have to have that direct honesty is I think the word, I mean, it's not, they're not being honest. It's just that they just don't bring it up. Right. So here's a difference. For example, there's a survey strategy that I, that I, that I learned from one of the partners in our group. And then I very successfully executed. We generated something like 293 people from our own database that raised their hand and said, Hey, I'm going to buy or sell at home in 2019. So in structuring that I shared it with the group, maybe something that would happen in a lot of masterminds. The, what right. would happen in a lot of masterminds is to say, Hey, well, there's this great survey thing. And here's like what we did. And, 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 you know, it worked great. We got 293 leads. Well, the difference here is I actually live walked them through. Okay, here's SurveyMonkey. Click here. This is the title I use. This is what worked great for me. Then use the logic feature. Then blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Literally yes. making sure it was implemented. So that's the difference. Well, the message is hard to, the message is hard to get. I mean, because like whether you're doing radio or you're doing 
um, TV, um, or doing a survey, right? Like the messaging is the is the, I think it's, the difficult part. It's the level of detail, right? Sure. The devil's in the details, and that's it. We could talk all day long about how the survey strategy is one that can get you three hundred leads, but the level of detail on what you just described is it. I mean, for us right now, we're kind of adjusting some of our technologies, so we're going away from having Infusionsoft power forms on websites to having Gravity Forms power forms on websites. And even when I'm talking to Sync guys about the Zapier integrations, like the you can see how people get lost in the details of it, right? But if we were to put it up on a screen and show everybody so they can pause and rewind and see every step, then there's a chance that they can execute it as well. And that's if right. they can't right. see how that's not worth a few percent, then they're just blind. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where they're at with, you know, within our group, it's anywhere from literally half a percent to three and a half percent, which also caps. So anyway, that's the way we've monetized that coaching and sharing environment. We call it our mastermind and growth group. What do you and, call the library? I think you said you mentioned to me you have like a library of training as well. Do you have a name for that? No, no, no. I think what you're referring to is every Wednesday we do a training, um, 10 o'clock Pacific. And it's, you know, one of these amazing producers from different parts of the country that have a different perspective. They'll unpack something, completely unpack it. And it's whatever their superpower is. So Mike Wall, for example, does over a million in GCI. He's the expired king. He knows everything about expired. He unpacked it. He just unpacked. Here's my script. He let it, it, it. Here's the script, and here's how the schedule on which I call, and then here's what I send, and then here's how I follow up, and then here's the software I use, and all the way through, right? right. Or Kyle Russell, he taught us all what he does with video, or or you know Chase, he's taught us exactly what he does with his Facebook ads. So just different people teaching yeah. whatever their superpower is, it's very in a very specific way, um, and that's done every single Wednesday, ten o'clock, and then uploaded into the group. Cool. Nice. So, um, I, one of the, I mean, are we going to talk about your five day blitz when it comes to the questions or should we break it out now? Cause I think that that kind of falls into the, what do you want to know? Well, um, I guess it, at this part, I would like to know how did you come up with the idea? So uh, tell us what it is. What is the five day? It's a five day blitz home selling process. that's trademarked. Correct. So basically, I have a belief system that everybody should sit and go through a process of understanding how to differentiate their business. So the biggest challenge for real estate agents is that you're all the same. We are all the same. Um, Though, you know what? I'm going to correct that. You are all the same. I no longer am, and very few of us also are not. And you have the ability to join us in that bucket of very few that are not the same if you go through a very simple exercise and process of thinking through any aspect of your business. Okay. So if you want to think about the way in which you list homes, your listing process or your buyer process, or even the way that you manage transactions, whatever it might be, and you spend time thinking about what they do, meaning what all real estate agents typically do, because it's all virtually the same. Some of them will put different bells and whistles on it. Or, I mean, frankly, most of it is just who can articulate the exact same thing better. That's the typically it's really, it's a different like, script uh-huh. describing the same thing. This yeah. is us yeah. nodding. Yeah, this is going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. Back to Dan. <laughs> we agree. Uh, <laughs> you go through that exercise and literally, and literally document, maybe on a whiteboard, what do they all do? And also, what do they, the consumer, what do they typically experience? What are they experiencing in that particular component or aspect of your business or of, of the real estate transaction 
of the listing process, the buyer process, et cetera. Once you understand what they all do, what the masses are doing, then you want to think about what are the pain points associated with what they all do. Because what they all do has certain pain points that are very clear. Something such as, you know, how do people buy homes right now? Well, they all, you know, they get set up on some safe search and the computer sends them listings and then they drive around and then they see open houses and they walk in, but it was the wrong house. So you start discovering the pain points, you know, and they're wasting their time and it's untargeted and it becomes frustrating. So anyway, what do they all do and what are the pain points? By the way, almost everything has a pain point, even the system that you will create to differentiate yourself from everybody else has its own pain points. But that's an aside. So what are the pain points <laughs> We're not gonna have enough time in the show to get through them all, but go ahead. <laughs> then yeah, there are a lot of them. So then you're gonna think through, great. Given that they all do this and and buyers and sellers experience that, which makes them feel this way, experience these troubles, gives them these downfalls, doesn't provide what they've signed up for, leaves them short, leaves them disappointed, whatever the, the pain points are, then you're going to create your solution to that. And how are you going to solve those pain points? And when you're solving those pain points, that's starting to become your unique differentiated system. And I would encourage you to have at least three or four points to counter the pain points to so solve them. And Really what happens is like when I'm talking like this kind of at an abstract level, it sounds like, well, geez, how would I do that? They really get into this exercise, get into the exercise of identifying what they do and what the pain points are. And the solution starts to present itself if you're really diving into it and putting all your focus on it. So this the solution, which you start to, oh, well, we would do this and we would do this and this. Well, now you're actually documenting your unique process. And something I've learned from um, marketing gurus that I read, and, and you know, I'm a big Dan, I'm a big Dan Kennedy fan, particularly, is you always want to own your own language, and so give that process that you create a name, and then why not trademark that name? Because when's the last time we competed against a, a real estate agent that had a trademark listing process? Well, everyone that competes with us is competing with someone that has a trademark process. They don't. So again, we're differentiated. So you're going to want to USP. You want to get you want to ISP. ISP. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to give it a name, and then you want to trademark it. So that's where the trademark comes from. And the five-day blitz is simply how we've solved the pain points that we've observed that sellers experience. But the core takeaway isn't for you to do the five-day blitz. The core takeaway is for you to create the you system of selling houses. And that framework is a great way to do it. And by the way, when you're presenting, I just gave you the listing presentation structure. Is you know, thank you for the tour, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, you have a lovely home. And yes, we'll make sure that we take care of the backyard the way we talked about in the paint. Great. You know, you get their questions out of the way first, by the way. So if you're a newer agent or maybe not, but you want to get your listing sign ratio up, ask questions first. Don't end with the other questions. It's a terrible close. Get what, what questions you have before I dive into what we do. Great. Answer them up front. That'll also give you information that you might weave points into the, to the, to your presentation. And then you go through, well, here's what we observe in the marketplace. Here's what we see agents doing. In fact, I used to do this, frankly. I used to do this years ago before we transitioned to a smarter and better process. But here's what agents do. And here's the way, here's the pain point. And so here's how we solve it. 
Now you can brag. And because of that is why we're ranked by the Wall Street Journal on the top 150 in the nation. Or because of that's why we're number one in our market or in our zip code or top 1% or top whatever. But agents, what they'll do is sit down and say, great, thanks for having me over. By the way, we're number one in this. And here's my flip book and here's our awards. And they're like, what the hill do I care? We haven't talked about how you're selling my house. So you're going to take them through this psychology. And then that's the reason why we've been recognized by the Wall Street Journal. That's the that's much more elegant way of presenting. Uh, yeah, much, much more elegant way. Yes, the uh, we call it the hidden brag. I guess our language, uh, owning our languages in our world, we call it the hidden brag because it should never be the point that you're ranked, uh, whatever it is that you did 215 million. It's so because what? you did this and this is this is that you became this right it's the validation of the point and the point is always a benefit of what they're after that's it that's good i like the way that he explained that so i i like so much the way you explained it because i still have no idea what the five day blitz is yes (laughs) (laughs) hey look at the magic over here it's over here no it's over here it's definitely not here let me see if you let me see if you joined our uh mastermind group yet hold on good that's a great great again i should about a clap button. Okay. Let, all right, so we got some questions right, that we'd like in. to ask. Let's get some questions. We've wasted enough of his time sharing all this insight. Let's get to the questions because I think we could kind of take away at his his ideas in these questions. Oh, there you go. There we're going to try and let him fill us up with knowledge. So oh, because oh. our podcast is about we're trying to bring more conversations on how agents are putting consumers first in their business. We like to ask the, the our, our same questions on from a seller standpoint. We want to know how what you're doing, how you're coaching your agents to put your to put their consumers first when it comes to selling their house for more money, for less hassle, or in a shorter amount of time. Right. So seller first, three questions, right? Is there tactically, is there things that you do that get people more money? Do they, do they sell the house faster? Like, does your five-day blitz sell it faster? Or does it – because it has to be one of the three, typically, unless you think of – I mean, you sound freaking awesome, so you might have another one, but or less hassle. Which one well, of the three? Here's the interesting thing, right? You can't – at least in my experience, you can't actually sell the home quickly unless you're doing one of these like, hey, I showed up and here's your cash offer for 80 cents. on. That's a different thing. But if you're genuinely marketing and selling a house – you can't sell it quickly and tip and not for a great price. And, and that's one of the disconnects. You just can't do it, right? right? Think about this. Right? If you're a buyer and you're negotiating. Can I take the other side of that one? I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> okay. So um, so, so we, I've interviewed lots of agents. I've, I've interviewed, interviewed about a thousand agents. And a lot of times I look at their listings. And sometimes when I look at their listings – I know that I could have sold the house for more money than they did. Because what happens with sometimes agents is they take the first offer, let's say in the first six hours, when if they would have did a better job marketing, they could have drove more people and received multiple offers. Driving the price. Driving the price. When I made my comments in marketing a home, the, the job of the agent is simply to get the home fully market exposed. It's to create a full market response. Once you have a full market response, like we don't create buyers as real estate agents. 
what we do is we have a home that needs to be sold, and we need to make sure there's a full market awareness of that property being for sale, and why it makes sense for people of you know with that need that size or that live in that area or whatever for the for the probable buyer. Our job is to get a full market response. Once we have a full market response, that we have delivered on our promise. See, a lot of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I have the very similar words, or I have my own words, but and yes. Once you have a full market response, okay, if you have the market, the property fully market exposed, are you, and you have, yes, I believe very strongly you're going to make your best sale to the seller the most money within that first seven to 10 days of the listing. And the proof of that, Jeff, go ahead and turn yourself into a, Turn yourself into a buyer and come negotiate on my listing that's been on the market for five days and have, and has a ton of traffic on it. Let's see how well you can negotiate versus let's c- come and negotiate on the listing that's been on the market for a hundred for even forget a hundred days for 50 days. You oh, are no, going I- to get a better deal. You're going to chop away at the price much more so on the one that's been on for 50 days and the one that's been on for five, six or seven days. So my, my, my belief system, that's the five-day blitz, is let's get a full market response. Let's get the buyers competing with each other instead of competing with you, the seller. Is and that what, how you guarantee 100% of asking price? Guaranteeing 100% of the asking price? One of, your th- one of your market things is you sell home at 100% of asking price. Is that how you guarantee that? Pay, we'll sell the home at 100% of the asking price or we'll pay you the difference? Yes. So that's a unique program for people that opt into it, but that's not a discount pro- program. If we genuinely think the home is a roughly $700,000 home, we'll guarantee the $700,000 price point because we believe that we will be able to get a full market response. It's appropriately listed. It's, it's, not, it's not a wish number. It's also not a discount number. It's not a let me buy it at 70 cents on the dollar number. None of that. It's a real number. And we'll guarantee the price, and then we'll pay the difference if it doesn't pay if it doesn't sell at that number. Uh, because when you have a full, I genuinely believe that the entire ta- the entire job of a real estate agent is that the home cannot be a secret from the buyer pool for that home. Agreed. They all have to know about it, and then they have to be strategically funneled into the home to compete with each other instead of what typically happens, which is an a. a, a a buyer notices a home for sale. They ask their agent for for showing, which is a whole nother problem on the buyer side. They ask their buy. They ask their agent for a showing. The agent uh, schedules a private viewing of the house at two o'clock because that's when they want to see it. And guess what happens? The the seller has to scurry away from the home. The buyer comes in and peruses it out completely on their own in the absence of competition. And then they make an offer. And then the agent somehow turns around and tells their client that hey, here's an offer from that, you know, well, they don't say this, but they're, they're, they're saying, here's the offer. And they're going to try to tell their client that it's representative of yeah. market value. Let's even imagine that it's full price. You still don't know it's representative of market value. All you know is it represents what that buyer that came to a two o'clock appointment on a Tuesday right. wanted to offer. That's all you know. Yeah. The job of the agent is how do you get a full market response and then funnel the traffic into into the home in a strategic way where psychologically you're creating a buyer versus buyer environment instead of a buyer versus seller environment. Do you call them open houses or do you call them something else? When we launch a property, we'll call it our grand opening. And so 
that is, you know, and you're asked me, or I think you're going to ask me, or you already did ask me, how do we bet, how, do, how do we put the consumer first? It's through the process. It's the, well, you're, that process. That's what it does. But the cool thing is this, it put that process puts the consumer first. It puts the sale first. The agent's going to get paid. I mean, it puts everybody first. Well, to me, putting the consumer first is, is doing the agents doing more. Cause you said, a full market response. I mean, my one of my questions for you is, is how do you know that you're getting a full market response, right? Because okay. your marketing gets this response. We don't know. And I think I get a full response. So I'm just as guilty as, as well. And I think we both do. A, obviously, we're selling a boatload of houses. So obviously, we're doing something pretty damn good. Or why would we keep selling a hundreds of houses and hundreds of million dollars of houses. But the, I don't even know what my question you're, was. You're, what you're saying is that the really full market know. response is a bell curve. Yeah. And I don't really know if we're getting a full market response. Uh, right. Well, I, the real answer is I can't, I'm actually very well at night knowing that I am delivering a full market response to the highest degree that I know how after masterminding with the top agents in the country for years at a time, in and out of the network we discussed recently you're not in you know you're not a part of the network and you and i talk it, some of the you can't make me want to be in the network and i appreciate that about you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying i don't want people to think i'm talking about masterminding with limited to there i'm talking for years masterminding with the best agents in the country spending a lot of time observing what do they all do because i know what they all do isn't right i mean what the typical agent does it took in California something like 36 hours of education and boom, their license to sell people's houses. Yeah, they're no, I know that's flawed. So are, are we make, are we for sure doing more than them? How are we comparing to the best in the country? And do I sleep well at night knowing we've poured everything into it? So that's my definition of a full market response. It's also multi-pronged. Are we hitting them through social, through mail, through email, through here, through calls, through phone, through voicemail? Then that's how I'm defining it. Um, is it possible that there's something at the very end of the bell curve that's left off? Probably. I don't think it's statistically so significant. That, I, think, I think that's a good answer on Daniel's part. I think it's a great answer. Daniel, I'm, I thought I'm trying though, to absorb it. I um, I, one thing that went through my mind when you said that it's the real estate agent's job to get a full market response for a listing is something that we've had here oh. in our marketplace, and oh. that is the introduction of a lot of i buyers is what they're going by the name of. Companies like Open Door, like OfferPad, like what Zillow's doing now with buying houses. Does that exist in San Diego? I believe the only one here is Redfin. Redfin, okay. Redfin. And Redfin is starting to buy houses, right? They're rolling out a program where they're the investor. Is that what you're talking about? Right, Redfin will buy a house. I, I asked for a bid from Redfin for my home just to see what it would be. Um, yeah. And I found out they had to come to my home and I didn't do it. But... Oh, they're doing it as a listing so, tactic. Redfin, but, but here's the thing that kind of gets me about everyone being worried about iBuyers. It doesn't seem that different from when I said Redfin's the only one doing it in San Diego. I just mean on a kind of like a corporate big brand level. Yeah. But yeah. investors have been doing it forever everywhere. Right. So my, my point isn't that we're worried about iBuyers. It's just the that it sh has shown us in our business that it's that some of the consumers out there, it's not about top dollar. That it's about. I need to get my money. You said I need to fastest get, offer. I need to get my eighty my eighty cents on the dollar and get out of here. They because get they get an offer in twenty four hours, cash offer. 
Correct. in 24 hours. That's a fast sale. Like, Correct. hey, Correct. I, you know what? Hey, I'd like to sell my house. I've done nothing. Go to the internet, type in, I want an offer, get an offer, and it's cash. That's pretty fast. And that's and so exactly, yeah. And it's not, it's not something to be scared of. It's just, it's been a good uh, lesson for us that the reality is not everybody's after top dollar. Some people are after the less hassle, even if it costs them thousands a few percent. of dollars. Yeah. Right. And some people are after faster timeframes or a more certain time frame. And so we've had to, because they're so rampant. I mean, that's Phoenix is the hotbed for, look, we got low complexity in our transactions. We got a high number of transactions and we got, you know, moderate house values when it comes to across the country. So a lot of these companies that are trying to test their markets come here first. And so it's just, we enjoy the competition. It's awesome. No, but we've had to adjust (laughs) some of our messaging, right? Oh, so I we well, offer these solutions. Yeah, the challenge is, is the amount of marketing that they put out because they're willing to put the it out plastered all over that there's no commission. I mean, it's just super attractive to the consumer because the consumer is like, well, I don't want to pay a commission. I want to close when I want. I don't want to have to do open houses. I don't want to open my house up to the, you know, literally because, I mean, do you try and drive one person through a house or multiple? Well, frankly, um, this entire space and you're right it is so interesting that not everyone wants top dollar so this space is exactly something we're structuring to be able to offer and we will have marketing that will go out this year this quarter that will very much offer this exact service so i mean you're being ahead of the curve but this is the point is that they're because the thing is is realtors often you know like you said offered it but they offered it only if I come to your house and I walk through your house and then I find out that, you know, you need it, then I offer it where they're offering it coming in the door. So they got, I mean, everybody now, when we go to their house under 500,000, I mean, our marketplace is 500 to 2 million. So we don't see it as much, but under 500,000, it's, you have to feel that they've already gone online and got an offer before you get there. Mm -hmm. So now it puts a challenge to you because when you give them a number, they may have a number which we've seen sometimes that's higher than our number, which is like, you know, because they're using an algorithm to price houses, and sometimes that algorithm's off by a few percent in their favor. In their favor, and we're gonna be like, oh fuck it, you just gotta take it because that's better than I can get you. <laughs> well, the thing is, there's, and I haven't figured this out, but what's interesting is there's certainly a play for you to guarantee an offer to the homes True. that you know. Their criteria and you guarantee the offer. Now you'll have an offer within 24 hours, get the listing, and then give them the open door offer. I mean, you know, you can give deliver an offer. Oh, Dan, we've been competing against it for a year. We've got a strategy uh, right along that line. So, absolutely. No, we, you have to go in to a listing having offers, like you, not just one, multiple, or you're 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 just behind what i say is you the objection you get is i'm good no i'm good thank Mm. you right because they if you haven't if you're not offering what the competitors offering at the same level or greater you just get the hand to the face that's the the, your house is lovely comment oh oh, no i love your house yes that was beautiful oh i think you guys are a great company not to work with (laughs) (laughs) when you're prepping for a listing appointment you're going in with an offer or two offers or three offers in hand we have them already 
you have yeah. them already, they're in hand. It's like, here are these. But looking well, at Well, I mean, we, we, we give the same thing to because we have 24 hours. So you sign here, I'll have it to you within 24 hours. I mean, there's certain – I mean, when I say ready, it, but you have to be able to produce it immediately. You can't right. – it's not like you can get it to them in a week or two or three. It just has to be – I still think 24 hours is pretty instant in selling I mean, homes. When you're leading into that and with um, – when you're leading with that into a retail traditional listing, someone – just a normal couple who asks you to come and sell their house, do they not – feel you're going to come in like like sure you'll have an offer in 24 hours but you know don't, don't they feel like well what's the guarantee that your offer doesn't just completely suck why do i care that you'll have an offer in 24 hours well what we found in this experiment that we call the phoenix marketplace over the last three years is that everybody will entertain an offer that they don't think about it that way i would just like to know what my number is I mean, we do marketing and, and I listen to phone calls and there was a guy like we did just, we do seller marketing and the guy called and he's like, so you got a buyer? Sure. I'll take an offer. And I think that's just the general guys or, you know, just the attitude of but the consumer is, is it doesn't cost me anything, right? Like I'll take it if it's like, as long as it's a cash, no contingency, close, whatever you want offer. Tell me what that number is. I would like versus go on the market because what's the other option, Daniel? Is go on the market for anywhere from two weeks, not with the five day blitz program because you're going to sell or you're going to guarantee sale. But I'm talking about other agents, right? It's going to go on the market. I mean, because there's currently still seventeen thousand homes on the market. Those all homes have been sitting out there with no offers on them. Like this is, I'm going to give you an offer right now. Pretty spicy. Expires have to love that. You think no, no, no. Oh, well, yes, wow. expired. Um, but if it, don't get me wrong, because I said the same. I said I said the same thing that you said. Because when I go to listing appointments, I've been on a little over fifteen hundred over the last five years, maybe sixteen hundred. My sellers always tell me the number one, and that is, uh, I want more money, not less money. They always that uh, my sellers I'm interviewing always want top dollar. Mm -hmm. I'm like these people exist. Like where do they exist at? These people right. that want to take are willing to take, you know, six thousand or ten thousand less for the convenience. But then when you hear, you know, she's a she's a hoarder and she's got twelve cats and she has to be out of her house by or he or, or he. he. <laughs> Always, yeah. Good. Good well, you know, when you walk into some listing appointments and you're like, you know, it's going to be difficult to get them to where they can get top dollar for their house because it just that moment, you know, he's going to need some makeup to get a date. Or she. Or she. Or she. Or she. All right. So let's get into the buyer side of this solution because I know we're getting we're running we're long. Running Sorry. Long I apologize. Okay. Any, right. there no questions no, out there. No questions, but I do have a statement. I don't know. Do you Are you familiar with an agent? He's here local marketplace by the name of Curtis Johnson. I know Johnson. I know Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so Curtis Johnson, he comments, Daniel Beer and his team are awesome. Been learning from him for years. Good to have on the show. 
So you've got fans out there, Daniel. <laughs> we appreciate it. No that. questions, just accolades. Yes, accolades. All right. So on the buyer side of the deal, when you're when you're coaching your team members and your teammates on how they can help with the consumer first to help buy house better deals and less hassle for, for- less, less time. Like, how do I help a, a consumer when they are not finding what they want buy a house and, and you know faster, but also the best deal, you know, the best house for the best price. Yeah, you know, I think it's basically the opposite of what a seller's goal is. So a seller is trying to create the most competitive environment for buyers. That, a seller is trying to create an environment where buyers are competing with one another for the home, or at least that should be the goal, in my view. We and agree, a hundred percent. Competition creates the highest price. And a buyer is trying to gain access to more, access to more than what a typical buyer is going to see. They may want to gain access to more than just simply what popped up on Zillow or popped up on, on online or the same email notification that every other buyer across the county got. So they want access to what other people don't have access to. And the seller wants the exact opposite. So for the buyer, that's really where I believe they could gain a huge advantage by working with an agent that's a part of a larger operation of a big team with a big database that's been on you said you've been on 15, 1600 listing appointments over the course of the last uh, five years. Um, that means you probably have had that many listing appointments. I have to imagine, I mean, your, your database, I'd be surprised if it was less than 20,000, 30,000 or so people, um, maybe more, maybe 50,000. I don't know what you have in there, but it's probably a very big database. 22. 22,000 people. So then. Hundred. No, just no. kidding. No. We're just good marketers. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a database. Yeah, no. 20, 22,600. Yes. Agreed. An agent that had, you're going to want an agent that's a part of a team like that because not only does that data, if it's well organized, can they, you know, if a buyer came to a team like ours, not only do they have access to the appointments that we've just gone on that maybe they're thinking about it, who are they going to list with? the appointments we've gone on that we listed but that aren't publicly for sale yet, but also the appointments that we have scheduled for next week, the following week, et cetera. And the appointments that we went on, say over the course of the last two years, I would bet that out of those 15, 1600 appointments that you went on, there's probably several hundred that have still not sold or even listed their home that they're still waiting for that spot. That spot might be today. Then this is a team that has team members that has people that has human resources. Because dealing with an agent that's trying to do everything makes it impossible for them to do anything but show you exactly what everyone else is looking at. They cannot do it. They might be phenomenal people. They might be the nicest people. They might have the best follow-up. They might, they might be wonderful. But they do not have extra hours in their day. Well, they can't then do what a team can do with their resources. Such as, what if everybody got a home? in that area where you're interested in buying? What if everybody that leased the home a year ago, two years ago, and three years ago, whether those leases might be coming due, what if they were called to find out if they wanted to sell? What if people that tried selling a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, that still have not sold, were called to see if now's the right time? What if the database and data, you know, what, what if human resources were used in that way to actually grab the phone, communicate with people at a rate that with an individual can't? So there's other strategies, but the point being is that your agent, to give you an advantage, needs to give you access to more than what a typical buyer is going to see by stumbling into a random open house and just hoping it works. I like that you gave actual details on how you find off-market properties there. 
I think that that's good, right? When you follow up with people who leased a year later, two years later, and those are the ones you call or the ones that are expired and haven't sold yet, right? Those are real tactics that agents can use. Yeah. It's good. Finding so, <clears throat> finding properties that aren't just the ones that everybody knows about, that finding off-market properties. And although I do love talking to Daniel, it is time to, in conclusion. In conclusion. <laughs> in conclusion, we want to thank Daniel Beer and your team there for letting us, for sharing you with us. And, and for listeners. being ranked at 137th out of. That's old, term. man. That's his old number. It went up. We got, yeah, we but got our number went up too. And other people sold more. I mean, 2018 was a, was a good year. I mean, you sold. 215 million. I'm trying to calculate the value of 50 million more. So you had 30% increase in 2018. was a great year. It's our best year. Every year has been our best year for a number of years. This is the challenge, man. This 2019, this is going to be the, the year where we all find out how good are we really? Uh, the tailwinds are dying down. I don't know about Phoenix, but San Diego is rough um, in terms of the amount of change that our market's feeling. Our inventory. It's so, are you, in conclusion, so is it real? The shift that you're seeing, the transaction volume, you're starting to feel that in San Diego. There's nobody I know or respect in San Diego as pre- real producing agents that aren't at half their typical load. So yeah, we have a very real change. And what this thing or total transactions like closing? Pending right now. Okay. Or pending load. And so what you have is the most difficult six to 12 month period. San Diego's in it. Every market will go into it. San Diego's now in it, officially in it. And what it is is that sellers still think this is the market. Buyers understand that their yeah, buying yeah, yeah. power is different with interest rate changes. They understand yep. there's a lot more options. So they know the market's different. And there's this gap in which they can't communicate. Once they once both sellers and buyers agree that the market's this or this or this or that, we could do great business at any time that buyers and sellers agree on what the market is. It's this yeah. six period where you go to somebody's house. They just had some cocktail party with their friend, John, who's a real estate agent, sells maybe three uh-huh. Told him that the market <laughs> altered. He used air quotes when he said real estate. Yeah. Whose <laughs> license expired seven years ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. His last sale was like in April. And it of was 2014. Yeah. <laughs> it's this period of time where, where buyers and sellers come back together and their understanding of what is the market. There's a there's this gap of communication. There's a there's a disconnect there, and that's the hardest place for us to get through as as a business as an industry. Yeah. On the other side yeah. of that, though, man, is a lot of fun. On the other yeah. side of that is incredible opportunity. Incredible. So then was 2018 your highest net income year? No, it was not. But enough to put some away. Oh yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah, Admittedly, it was it was not for a number of reasons. We made a very poor strategic decision and moving into a new building. We're paying rent in two different places right now. We just we we the struggle is real. We we experienced the same thing. So hey, congratulations on your success. It doesn't look like you're gonna go poor. And uh we just appreciate all your insight and value that you brought to this podcast. And if you if anyone out there would like to have Daniel help them and be a team member of his, I'm sure that you would be okay with that. Right, Daniel? Yeah. Wherever you are in the country, whether it's on our core team or part of our mastermind and growth group, happy to talk. So just reach out. Awesome. Uh, You're great, Daniel. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Take care. Thank you for listening. 
Now more than ever, it is important to put the consumer first. Check us out on all major streaming platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Player FM, Google Play, and Stitcher. Information about one-on-one -on -one coaching or solution events, text 480-530-7972.